this is Marty St. Louis. Hey, this is Joe Beninati. Hey, it's Danny Briere. Hey, everybody, this is John Forklund. Hey, this is Jack Edwards. And you're listening. You're listening. You are listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Hockey Night in Canada analyst and NHL veteran Louis DeBrusque. Louis, how are you today? I'm doing really well today, Frank. Uh, you know, I was down at the rink today. It was nice to catch the action. I'm living out of Edmonton, so I went down just to catch some of them going through their paces today and getting geared up for next week. It's going to be for real, and I think everybody in the hockey world and everybody that's a fan of hockey is excited to see this thing get going forward, and I'm no different. I'm looking forward to uh, calling some games and, and being right in the mix. Yeah, calling some games. Want to touch on that. It was recently announced that you would be the color analyst for the return to play for teams in Edmonton, where you're living right now. What does that distinction mean for your broadcasting career? Oh, I'm really, I'm stoked. It's an, it's an amazing opportunity to work with Chris Cuthbert, who we just uh, recently signed on board as a legendary broadcaster. He's been around for a long time, and I've had some crossings with Chris, so I've gotten to know him over the years, and nothing but high praise for, for Chris and what he does and how he's honed his crap. He's one of the best in the business, and I'm just really fortunate to be able to work alongside him. Looking forward to it, and being in my home city of Edmonton, which makes it even more special for me to be able to uh, you know, call the action out of this hub. I think you know it's a unique situation for everybody involved. I think everybody's kind of been waiting day by day to see how this was going to unfold and how it was going to go forward, and there's been some bumps in the road. There's no question about that. I think there will be some more bumps in the road, but the NHL seems very determined to push this forward, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be outstanding. It really does get the juices flowing and make it that much exciting to get back and, and start to call hockey. Yeah, it seems like it's like Patrick Kane described it in an interview with NBC Sports. He said it's going to be like March Madness for hockey, and in the hockey world, we really haven't had that except for the Olympics and the World Cup of Hockey. And because the Olympics are postponed till 2021, this is going to be like the biggest round robin we've ever seen. monumental tournament really when you look at it I don't even like calling it tournament because I think it takes away from you know the Stanley Cup playoffs and I, and I want to make sure that, that that's what people think that I think it is because that's what it is it's a unique situation that has a tournament feel because it's condensed but it always is it's a grueling ride and uh, you know what you're right I mean the World Cup is really the, the tournament for me that it kind of simulates because it's at the end of the summertime people are rested they're healed they come in rejuvenated um this is the first time that I, you know, that I can remember that it's happened where players have come in having four months off, you know, having their bodies fully rested, recovery, working out, getting ready. Yeah, maybe they haven't been working out as as extensively as they normally would in an off season. But these guys are are professional athletes. I think this time off is going to do them wonders. I think they're going to come back very motivated, energized. Will it be sloppy at times? Absolutely. But that's going to just add to the mystique of it and make it most likely the hardest Stanley Cup ever to win. Yeah, I it's it's like you said, it's going to add to the mystique of things. It's going to it's going to add some some kind of element because guys who you think are going to be out for the rest of the year, maybe more are coming back like you said healed and refreshed with 4 months off. Yeah. I you know, you honestly can't there's never been a situation like this. Typically going into the playoffs, you've gone through a training camp an exhibition series, a grueling 82-game schedule, which is grueling. It really is. It takes its toll on you. And especially for the star players who play a ton of minutes and are trying to grind to get in there last minute if you're fighting for a playoff spot, so to speak. But And then you go into the playoffs. And the playoffs 
up even more. So you push your body to a whole new level. And, you know, typically you're already in a depleted state heading into the playoffs. There's guys that are injured already. There's guys that are banged up that are coming back from injuries that maybe have had injuries throughout the year that they're dealing with that have never really recovered. But this is a little different in the situation in the sense that everybody really should be coming in rested and healed. And you're seeing throughout um, every team that's in this in this uh, qualifying round and then into the playoffs, you know, guys that would have never been able to play in the playoffs uh, because of injuries are now back. And I, I just think that just makes the playing field that much more even. And let's face it, it's going to be the team that comes out of the gates. There can be a team that really comes out of the gates that just has that chemistry and finds that game early that can go on a real run, can walk through teams, I think. So it'll, it'll be really interesting. I think this is really up for grabs. And again, going back to what I said earlier, I think this will be the hardest Stanley Cup ever to win because of the, the, the adversity that surrounds it with the pandemic, coming into a bubble, playing out of the same rink every night, staying in a hotel. I mean, there's so many things that are going to pile up the adversity for these players that I just think, you know what, the team that's the strongest, that can stay the healthiest, that's the tightest, that can put their, their game forward the earliest is going to have a really good chance to go on a big run. Yeah, so take us inside the bubble in Edmonton. What does a day in the life inside the bubble look like? Well, I'm not inside the bubble, to be honest with you, Frank. I'm, I'm going to be outside the bubble. So, But I can tell you that you know, just going to the rink in Edmonton right now uh, for training camp, and it's the same in every NHL rink throughout, throughout the National Hockey League, that's the 24 teams that are involved in this right now, um, it's pretty stringent. You know, you're separated off. You're in a certain area. You're only allowed to be as a media. You have to put your name down on the list. You have to go and get a temperature gauge. You have to wear a mask into the building. You have to separate be six feet apart from your um, co-workers if you're standing beside each other. You know, it's just all those precautions that you would expect to have taken when you walk into a situation like this where you're trying to preserve the athletes. For me, um, as an analyst, listen, I would never want to potentially... Um, do harm to a player by being in that bubble, being close to them. So this is, to me, I think this is all about the safety of the players. Yes, it's about the safety for us and the people that are working in the building. I truly understand that. That's we're obviously going to take care of yourself in that situation. But right now, it's about getting every respective team from their home cities to the hub cities as safely and as COVID-free as possible. You know, and that's really what the teams right now are trying to strive to. Because this is the most vulnerable, I think, that every team is going to be. They're sitting in their own homes, going at home each night. They're going to the rink themselves. They're doing temperature, doing tests, and all that. But once they get to the bubble, I think it'll be easier to contain because they'll all be in the same situation. Uh, this is where it's the most vulnerable. These next, this next week will be crucial to this going forward for the NHL. Yeah, the transition period of going from one place to the other, whether you're flying, you're driving, you're you're on a boat, it, it really doesn't matter. You, you're going to be exposed to a lot more things, but when you've got, when you're inside this bubble, like you said, Louie, you're, you're a lot more contained. Yeah. yeah, you're more contained, and the thing is, you'll be doing everything as a group now. Everything is a team bus, going to the rink at the same time, same dressing room eating in most likely the same restaurants or restaurants that are part of the part of the bubble for each respective home city in Toronto and Edmonton. I mean, all these little things go into it. And I also know talking to some security at Rogers Place today, they're going through stringent tests too. They're actually getting tested on a daily or every second day basis, temperature gauges, masks, gloves, like the whole nine yards that you would expect from people that are going to be working 
uh, on the perimeter of that bubble to allow people to go through and go in properly with credentials and then to also keep people out. So it's a big process. It's a big overhaul. And you know what? It's uh, pretty amazing when you just sit back and think about it, how it's been going forward. But we're a week away from it now, and teams will start moving into the hub cities here in the next few days. Um, it's exciting. It really is exciting. It's becoming a reality. And I think that if you had looked at this three months ago, I know I did anyway. I said there's not a chance. There's no way this is going to go forward with the way things are going right now. But give the NHL credit. They've pushed forward. They've continued to try and make adjustments. They've made adjustments on the fly. And they really want to get this done and get this going. And I think that'll be exciting for all hockey fans. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a real wonder to watch. Shifting gears to your career now, uh, during your hockey career, you got to play uh, out of half a season in Las Vegas with the Thunder in the International League. How was it playing there, and how have you seen the city evolve in terms of hockey? Yeah, I, I you know what, I cherish my time there. and You know, I told people a lot when, when the Vegas Golden Knights were in the infancy of it being a conversation of them coming into the league and expanding. And then once they did get the expansion, you know, there were some doubters or there was people that didn't think that it was going to fly in Vegas. I was not one of those people. I was somebody on the other side that said that I lived there. I had played there. And it's a, it's a wonderful city to live in. It really is. When you think of Las Vegas, you only think of the script. Um, and that's alluring in itself. That's something that, you know, obviously millions of people every year want to go to Vegas just for the strip itself and for the entertainment uh, for the gambling, for, for for that nightlife. But for me, we lived off the strip. And we had a young family, two young kids at the time. When you get away off the strip 10, 15, 20 minutes, and a lot of the players live over in, in, away from the city about 25 minutes in Summerland, which is a, a nice community and suburb there, I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful city, and it just becomes another great city. That's what it is. And they've gotten nothing but tremendous support from their fans in Vegas. It's quickly turned into one of the loudest buildings in the league, and it has just an atmosphere all on its own that only Vegas can provide. So I'm, I'm happy to see that it's taken off. I'm happy to see that it's going well, and that's really important for the game moving forward to have these expansion teams. You know, having that success, they went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year, which is always helpful in that regard. But you hope that Seattle, coming in in another four years' time, um, can have that same success. Yeah, and when you're talking about the strip and everybody just being alert to it, I think people look at it through a certain lens where they only see the strip and they only see this, like you said, this nightlife, gambling, casino style. But when you look at it from a holistic perspective, you understand that there's so much more to Vegas than the strip. There's the environment around the city. Oh, it's, you know, I mean, I used to, you know, fish when I was there. Like, meat is right there. It's, there's, it's, you know, you're in the desert, so it's warm. You know, the climate is fantastic. Um, the cost of living when I was there, and I'm not, I can't talk to that now, but it was it was decent. It was There was nothing wrong with that. It was just, it was another normal hot city that had another hockey team, and now they have the NFL coming in there. So I, I just think it's, you know, it was a perfect situation to put an NHL team in there, and the response was great from that team, uh, from the fans and the, the surrounding businesses. As far as the Vegas Golden Knights are concerned, they're getting a lot of love there. Every time you walk down, you'll see the signs and pictures, and they're really promoting that team to make sure that people are going to continue to support and go to those games. But uh, it's also a great city to visit for the opposition. I mean, listen, if, as an NHL player, you go into cities or some cities you like more than others. Um, Vegas has become one of the most popular places to go. You go in there, you do your work, and then you can go out on one of the best places in the world to go out as a team. I mean, it's really a win-win situation. Uh, I'm sure maybe some of the coaches would rather <laughs> not going to Vegas on some nights with some of the performances that have been brought 
Ford in Vegas, but that's all part of it. It's just a really unique place to visit, and now it's a unique place to go and play an NHL hockey game. Yeah, so continuing on, you were known for your fighting skills during your tenure in the league. What supplemental training did you do to keep that side of your game in shape? and how they did things so that I could try to take that apart with the game plan. Very similar to how a boxer or an MMA fighter would do it today. I kind of did the same thing back in the day. Um, learned tips. I used to put a jersey on the heavy bag, you know, tie one around a heavy bag to make sure that I had something to grab onto and simulate that, you know, that was similar to a hockey fight. Um, things like that. I mean, I, I used to do boxing as well. I worked with a boxer, Daryl Duke, the late Daryl Duke, who passed away a few years ago here in, in Edmonton. He used to train me and put me through the rigors, running the stairs and training how boxers would train to supplement some of that training because, let's face it, that was the mentality of an enforcer in the NHL. You, you fought, um, you better know how to fight, or you're going to get your lunch handed to you, and that's kind of how I felt about it and probably why I was able to survive for over 400 games. Yeah, 400 games, over 1,000 penalty minutes, an incredible career. So, shifting gears to your analysis business now, take us through the production of Hockey Night in Canada on a game night. So, you get to the rink, what's the first thing that happens? What happens up until that puck drop? Well, you know, if, if you talk to any analyst and, and play-by-play uh, personnel, they'll tell you that it starts usually in the morning. You know, it starts before that with your preparation, but the morning of game day is typically go down. You catch each respective team's skates if you can. You visit with players after the game, after the morning skates. You visit with coaches. You get as much information as you can from each respective team. And then it's the discussion with your production crew, your producer, your director. You're, you're going through to find out what video highlights you're going to want for that night in your, in, in your intro, in your opening. And it's just discussions throughout the day. When you get to the rink, you fine-tuned your your research to that time to get ready, but then you're rehearsing. You're going through the elements that you're going to be dealing with that night or that you potentially could deal with that night. Um, you always over-prepare for the, for the possibility that you're going to have to fill or those things will happen in a game. And a lot of times, you're not going to get to most of the stuff you use in preparation. It's really a security blanket for me anyway. But... You have that just in case of emergency you need to go to those things or something that happens that you think might happen happens and you have video to back it up or a stat to back it up, a board to back it up. It really is a big production. And, you know, we have the easy part. Truthfully, we do. We do our prep. We look at the players. We look at systems. We talk to people. We go in there and now we're calling the game action. It's behind the scenes for me that the production really gets made. The people in the truck and production back in studio in Toronto that make this tick um, they make us look good. They really do. They put it on a tee for us and allow us to slam it with the driver every night. And, and that's kind of the way I look at it. But um, it is a production. There's no question about that. It's a lengthy one. And uh, a lot of hardworking people that go into a negative basis that you see on the air when you're watching at home. Yeah, that's that's honestly my dream job is to work as an analyst in the Hockey Night in Canada business. So that's a huge insight into telling me how things are worked and things can be prepared. So shifting gears a little bit to your time with Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, you got to interview your son Jake DeBrusque of the Boston Bruins for Sportsnet. What were the emotions of that night like for you, both as an analyst and as a proud father? Take care of that, but in that particular night, 
talked to others who was a producer, said, hey, why don't you interview You know, why don't you interview Jake tonight on the bench and, and give it a go? And I said, okay, sure. And it's funny because I wanted to chirp him a little bit. I wanted to kind of have some fun with it. Obviously, I wanted to have a hockey question because that's what we're there to do. But I wanted to have a little fun with it. But then he came right out of the gate firing at me, chirping. So um, it kind of started off that tone. And to be honest with you, Frankie kind of surprised me with that, with that answer. So it changed the tune of it a little bit. You know, if I was being honest from an interview perspective, I kind of didn't do the greatest job. But it was funny because it was a good interaction between a father and son in the respective fields and the hockey world that's done so much for both of us. So it was an amazing feeling. For me as a father, I was proud of him to see him in that uniform to be on the ice. And professionally for both of us to kind of collide is, uh, you know, when it's a dream come true. It doesn't happen very often. Ray Ferrer interviewed his son on the bench uh, years back, and I thought that was a special moment. Landon and him had a good conversation, a good chuckle, and I got to follow that up with doing it myself. So I'm uh, very fortunate that I was put in that position to be able to have that conversation, and I'll never forget. Yeah, I'm, I remember watching it on Sportsnet, on NHL Network, late at night. Uh, I believe it was against Vancouver, and I remember I remember watching that game, and I was like, "Wait, why are they laughing?" And then then it just I put two and two together. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's Louis DeBrusque, the the guy from the 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 Enforcer." And that's when it really hit me. And uh, when Jake came out swinging, you know, it gives everyone a laugh. You know, sure, sports are there to be enjoyed, but you have to have that fun element to it. it you can't always have the stone face. Well, you know, I think it's especially today with, with all the cameras, uh, the different platforms that people can get information, it can get monotonous if, you, if you're continually doing the same things. And I think if you look around the league, the players that are typically the most popular are the players that have personality, the players that aren't afraid to kind of play it on the line every once in a while. And just be original, you know, just be, be yourself and have some fun. Because listen, it's the greatest game in the world. I'll say that over and over. It's been tremendous to me and my family. Um, appreciate it because it goes by really fast. So have fun while you're doing it. There's no question you need to buckle down, Frank, and you have to go to work on a nightly basis. But step aside and make sure you're enjoying the ride because it's it's a it's an up and down ride, but it's it's the best in the world. Yeah, Louis. So before we head out today, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners in the U.S., Canada, and beyond? You know what? Be safe out there. I think it's still important to try and be safe as much as possible. Make sure you're aware of your surroundings. And listen, I'm sure uh, you're you're just as excited as I am and the hockey world are getting this going again. So I hope everybody can continue to be safe, work through this, and I really hope it goes forward. We actually have hockey in a week uh, with the qualifying round starting up. So. Um, cross our fingers and, and hope that it gets going. Cross our fingers and get ready for the puck drop. Louis DeBrusque of Hockey Night in Canada. Thank you so much for the time. All right, Frank, you take care.